Joan is Awful is the 23rd episode of Charlie Brooker's Black Mirror, not including Bandersnatch. It's the first episode to be released in four years and primarily stars Annie Murphy from Kevin Can Fuck Himself as the titular Joan. On this podcast, we discuss the most recent installments of a different series every show. It's June 16th. Welcome to today's episode. What would you say is your favorite Black Mirror episode of all time? Oh, uh, maybe the USS Callister or really? the DJ. So one of the later episodes. Yeah, season four. Okay. Well, I would also go with maybe Playtest. So that would be season three. Three. Okay. But the season one and two episodes were really good as well. The theory of whatever, the one with the contacts. Yes. Um, Tony Kebble, is that his name? Yeah, that you're talking about the season one finale. And then also Black Christmas, of course, the special. There's, yeah, the John Hamm special. And then, of course, uh, is it White Bear or what? it's something white? Yeah, no, I think it is White Bear. Yeah, that was that was really good. Million uh, Merits, um, 15 Million Merits, that was great. A lot of great episodes of Black Mirror, but then later on in the seasons, it felt like it got a little worse to me, personally. I, no, I, I, I got that feeling the as well. The last season, I think, was probably their weakest. I think I only saw the like second episode of the last season, because I heard... You didn't see Striking Vipers? You didn't see the Miley Cyrus episode? No, and the Miley Cyrus episode, I think, went viral, but from what I heard, it was apparently more positive than a lot of Black Mirror episodes usually are hmm. and that was the last one to come out before this one Joan is awful right? it does feel like every season they get a lot more guest stars than they had the previous season yes. and that goes into this episode a lot so Joan is awful which came out on June 15th it asks us the question of what life would be like if suddenly everything became public right if we turned on Netflix and suddenly our entire life is there presented in a negative fashion for everybody to see. Instead of being called Netflix, it's called Streamberry, right? Yeah. And it's not just Netflix, though. They're also making fun of Apple as well, as we learn later on in the episode. Why are they making fun of Apple? The terms and conditions. Everything has terms and conditions. No, but like this was a definitely a shot at Apple. It was like the big price door in that sense, where they were also making fun of terms and conditions in that show as well. Maybe because of the South Park episode that happened like 10 years ago. The human centipede. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's why you're connecting it to Apple. But everything has terms and conditions that you sign off of when you become a subscriber for it. So obviously there's that connection. It also reminded me a little bit of a bad internet, which was originally supposed to be a um, satire of Black Mirror that was presented by College Humor. But there was an episode where they threatened to release everybody's internet history, which again, they also did in the South Park, but that basically has the same ramifications that this does, where your life just becomes so public and everybody knows what your interests are or your screw-ups or what mistakes you make, right? And, and the question is like, how scared would you be if that happened to you? I Yeah, because I think it's this involved any show that is trying to be as meta as possible. I also had here Bandersnatch, Being John Malkovich, Kevin Can Fuck Himself, Room 104, and Staged. But especially Staged because this it's meta? last season. Yeah, because of how meta the show just decided to go. In fact, this probably might be the most meta episode of Black Mirror I think ever made. Eh, I mean, that's arguable to me. When I go into an episode of Black Mirror, I'm always asking myself at the beginning, is this world real? Is this the present? Can we trust the narrator? because most of the time there's going to be a big twist at the end which reveals that everything is fake in some manner or way, right? Mm -hmm. And in this episode, like, it took me a while because the first 20 minutes did play out sort of like a routine drama, but it wasn't until Joan sat down in front of the couch with her boyfriend, they turned on Streamberry, and they started seeing all these shows that they recognized Joan herself 
played by Selma Hayek, and you started to get the gist of what the episode was going to be. That was my favorite part. Did you catch the references and Easter eggs to the I not only caught them, but I paused it, and I went back to even ones that were there for like a split second. So you probably, if you, did you do that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Okay, so let's see if we got them all. Um, Lock Henry, which reminded me a lot of the Essex Serpent, right? Like the Loch Ness Monster Yeah, actually, okay, so I only did the ones that were connected to Black Mirror. I think all of them were, but I just connected that one closer to the Apple show with uh, Tom Hiddleston than I did with uh, any of the Black Mirror one. Obviously, Finding Bitman, which was probably my favorite out of all of them because that was the Bandersnatch. I think, I, I think it's Finding Rittman because Will Poulter... Oh, Polter, is it Rittman, not Bittman? Yeah, I Will Poulter's name in Bandersnatch was Colin Rittman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's why they kept the last name. And if that was seen, my favorite one, I think. Yeah, if you've one. seen the latest Guardians of the Galaxy movie, you would have seen him as well. Yeah. Yeah, which is, he looks completely different. So if they go back to him, they're going to have to do like some crazy stuff to make him look the same as he did back then. Uh, sea of Tranquility reminded me a lot of USS Callister. Is that the the... the a version of the show where she escapes at the end? I think so, if okay. I remember correctly. All right. This isn't going to make any sense to people who haven't seen the rest of the show. Juniper Dreaming obviously had to do with San Junipero. Junipero yeah. uh, 15 Million Merits. With, you saw the uh, Reality Who Actually, uh, I didn't shows. see that one. There was like no. a Hot Shots or something that was on the very side, and I think it was the 15 Million Merit uh, like pop program yeah, that was the, going the on. Yeah, the show that they did. With the little wheeze, mm-hmm. the little uh, me wheeze or whatever they're called. There was Ashley O, just the Miley Cyrus person that carried oh. I okay. don't think that they had the uh, title for it or it was like out of frame, but mm-hmm. you definitely saw her face and her character. There was Callow Years, which had to do with the national anthem, the first episode ever, which was the prime minister mm-hmm. who fucked the pig. Uh, you had Jerome F. Davies. I had to look that one up because I thought originally that had to do with the white bear thing, but it was really just another Bandersnatch uh, cutaway. Oh, okay. And then there was Space Fleet, which I think was the uh, Jesse Plemons, the USS Callister episode again, but his original show that he was so obsessed with the uh-huh. Star Trek one. And then Average People, I didn't know what that was. Did you know what Average, Average People, people was? No, I didn't get that one either. Hmm. Okay. Well, th- that was all the shows I saw. Probably one of my favorite pros of the entire episode was all the Easter eggs you had. Uh, well, I actually wanted to comment on another Easter egg. Even when Mac is scrolling through Twitter as he's watching the thing, Lacey... So Mac is uh, Joan's uh, ex-boyfriend who she still has a thing for. And do you know who played him? Yeah, because I, I looked it up and I forgot what his name is. But... Uh, it's, it's Rob Delaney, the narrator of sexy beast but also probably my favorite scene in Deadpool 2 where they're all jumping out of the helicopter and yeah. he's a person who doesn't have any powers. But he's mainly known for one show like a rom-com that aired uh, a few years catastrophe. ago. Catastrophe. Yes that's yeah. that's his main claim to fame. When, But when he when Mac was scrolling through his phone he saw on Twitter that Lacey posted something and Lacey is the main character from the episode Nosedive. So that was another Easter egg that they showed. And then another one was when she first walks into the bar and they're playing that Irma, what's her face song? Uh, the the any one yeah that yeah song? It, the one that keeps on appearing in like every single episode that's why it's an Easter egg anyways let's get back to the plot itself because I feel like we're losing people if we don't talk about what happened in the show so Joan Tate right yeah she's got a Cruella Deville haircut which with like <laughs> blonde streaks in the front she has a relationship with this guy named Chris who she really likes but considers him a little vanilla she likes hip hop slash rap songs like Nicki Minaj she raps along she with was, one yeah it was like a Cardi B parody WAP song. That she yeah. was rapping to when she was yeah, going yeah, to yeah. work. And, and then she works at the as an orange squad leader at some corporate company that doesn't give a shit about climate change. And part of her job is doing what Greg does in succession, which is firing people. Right? Reminded me a little bit of Up in the Air as well, because like George Clooney, that whole entire movie is about how he fires people. And the person that Joan fires at the beginning 
of this episode really needed this job, like put a new down payment on an apartment. It reminded me a little bit of Carl from The Walking Dead when he Carl got killed the off Walking Dead? and he had bought a house in Georgia and his like parents and him got really mad that and, they fired him from the show even though in the comics he'd been around forever. Another connection with that is you know uh, who Chris was, who he's played in other things. Who was Chris? Sadiq, The Walking Dead. So oh, Carl, so no, the person right. that he Carl saved, saved and then got bit because yeah. of it. <laughs> the funny thing is that I recognized more people who were playing Joan in the Netflix show or in the Streamberry show that the third version of it uh-huh. that we learn um, than in the second one. Like I didn't even recognize Annie Murphy at the beginning because I've seen really? her so few it things. <laughs> it took me until Michael Sarah told me who she was. <laughs> um, the other thing that we have to know before that 20 minute mark rolls around is that uh, Joan is thinking about having an affair. She's still hung up on her ex, Mac, who, again, isn't as uh, stable as her current boyfriend, but he provides her energy, and she likes him for that. So they go out and have dinner together, and she kisses him, but then she goes back to her boyfriend. She also speaks to the therapist, though, right beforehand, about how, yeah, she has a lot of, like, feelings that she just doesn't want to stay with Krish, but she's kind of scared to be isolated and alone, which definitely foreshadows what happens after they watch the Well, she says the, the line of like, I wish my life was a TV show, Mm -hmm. right? And then it becomes a TV show. So when she realizes it's a show, that was probably my favorite moment. Not the part you were talking about where you saw the uh, Netflix or the Streamberry productions, but when they actually showed the characters. I was encasing that moment as well. Yeah, the montage that they showed. The montage of people like immediately seeing Salma Hayek. It was like, okay, they actually got her. But then uh, Hamush Patel, yeah. right? And then uh, that was Ben Barnes. He doesn't even say anything in the episode. Yeah, he doesn't. But like Michael Sarah later on in the episode does. And he basically works as a plot device to give you the entire story twist which is that we are not in the actual reality either that this is a show within a show that was after everything went off the rails i know but but my favorite part of when people were watching themselves being played by someone else was eric's response sorry joan's secretary eric seeing someone play him who was even more flamboyant (laughs) and calling him the gayest person it was just like okay Spare the criticism, but that guy was famous too. I just didn't know where I'd seen. I it was from. wondering, and I, I I checked the guy, the Daily Show, the the, the guy, the guy who played there. Eric in the third version. I'm it? not sure if it was him, but I checked his Wikipedia. He wasn't listed, but it looked so much like him that I thought it might possibly be. Maybe, maybe that's where I've seen him before. My favorite joke from that was when Kate Blanchett, when they were, when uh, it turns out that Joan uh, Salma Hayek's version goes back to the TV and sees that Kate Blanchett is. Playing her. But we never actually see Kate Blanchett. I was, I so was I don't wondering. think that she was actually part of the Obviously cast. not. It was just her picture. But okay. th- that they even went that like almost Inception-esque mm-hmm. with the story, I thought was just perfect for the episode. So let's, let's rush through the plot here. So uh, in those next 20 minutes, Joan freaks out. She starts trying to lie her way out of these experiences. She's trying to get uh, ahead of it. She's trying to sue the people at Streamberry and nothing's working. So she pulls a stunt where she shits in a church. I shit you not. She goes into a a church. At first, I thought she was just trying to make herself fat because she's Uh eating so many burgers. I'm like, oh, she's just going to get overweight. Reminded me of beef, the beef uh, (laughs) pilot episode where Stephen Yoon just starts suddenly eating and choking on beef. She gets arrested. It's presented on TV with Salma Hayek doing it. The real Salma Hayek uh, goes and gets upset. She finds out that she can't. Because we learn it's AI. The the characters are AI. It's not actually Salma Hayek playing the 
characters somehow. Well, it's happening in real time, so yeah. that makes sense. And they're getting the, the... The reason they're able to make the content so fast is that they're using her phone to track exactly what she's doing and hearing everything she's saying. Because the lawyers won't help them, they both break into Streamberry where they find a supercomputer that's making the episodes, and then they destroy the supercomputer just as they find out that they are not actually the reality versions of themselves either because you have Michael Sarah and Annie Murphy, and they're actually actress. And, and the real person is someone who I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And we spend the last like five minutes of the episode kind of getting to know them. And that's the real Joan. And she just goes about going, to, she, she goes to work at a what, a coffee shop. And yeah. And Annie Murphy Jones coffee. becomes her best friend. And that's how the episode ends. Sort of a happier ending for a Black Mirror a episode. A way, way happier ending. It almost just felt like a parody Black Mirror episode as opposed to an actual Black Mirror episode. In fact, that's what Annie Murphy said. She was glad that she got this episode, which took such a humorous approach rather than like some really dramatic role. And creator Charlie Brooker even said, not even just with this episode, but just with Black Mirror in general, a lot of his ideas come from a humorous type of perspective, either when he's talking to friends (laughs) and they're like, well, how crazy would it be if this were to happen or anything like that? Okay. Yeah, so I think we've gone over all my pros, at least. Do you have any more pros for the show? Uh, Like you were saying, the cameos, and I I just, yeah, I think that the show worked really well up until the part where she walks into the church. That's when I kind of have a lot of Oh, so you didn't like her shitting in front of the wedding? Everything up until that point I liked. Afterwards, that's when I was like, no, this is just too crazy, and yeah, I did not enjoy that moment. Okay, so my cons begin a little earlier. They're not exactly in the same construction. It wasn't like one part of the episode where I was like that's it it was more to me about jones decisions and also streamberry's decisions so i think it could have been made way more clear earlier on that only one episode of jones life was being released each day because at first i was raging at the tv while watching joan just watch the episode play the next episode play the next and not skip to episode seven yeah you know finish the whole thing, find out exactly what's going to happen before watch it. Like, who cares about just re-watching your same day if you know what's going to happen in the future? And that's why I but, think that, yeah. if I could just jump in really uh-huh. fast, Netflix and Apple, this Streamberry thing, because especially Barry being Apple, I think that that's why they did it that way because with Netflix, like you're saying, all the episodes, even for Black Mirror, usually are released within that one day uh, or, or more episodes coming the next week, but there's multiple episodes that are released. With Apple, it is more of a situation where like one episode is released and then you have to wait a week before another one. Well, it was weird because in the um, description for The Sea of Tranquility, which was one of the shows being shown on Streamberry, it said HBO show. So, mm-hmm. like, it's, I don't even know what was up with that. I guess HBO has uh, disbanded Max <laughs> and has everything is on Streamberry in now. In this universe, yeah. Yeah. My next problem I had with Joan's response to this whole Streamberry situation is that she seemed rattled, but how fast would it be for someone who is actually in that experience to realize, oh, shit, I'm watching this with my boyfriend. What did I do today? I, <laughs> I almost cheated on him. This is clearly showing, like, she waited until that scene was almost there before she started freaking out about it. She could have turned it off much earlier. The boyfriend probably would have understood because he's like, oh, of course you don't want us watching. But she waited until it was far too late and he caught her in the lie. And then she continued to lie, even though she knew that, like, no matter what she said was going to be shown for what it was on the TV. 
It's also, called Joan is Awful. You can you can also draw a connection. The first, uh, when she first is watching the episode, she walks back into the house, mm-hmm. and literally the episode ends with what we've yeah. just seen prior. Yeah. However, as the episodes keep on coming out, it, it, they're way, uh, I guess, more delayed than the first episode was. Like, for example... I think they just get released at night every single day. That's how I, by the end, read it. So, like, people would just watch it at, like, 6 p.m. every night or something, and that it would be an update that would Maybe, go okay. through a full yeah. hour. Yeah, that, that makes more sense. It wasn't sense, moment to moment. But one of the weird things about it being a day-to-day release and also in the front of the newspaper, like, every single day, she didn't seem that impacted by it. Like, yes, she got fired. And, yeah, she had a neighbor that was kind of mean to her. Her boyfriend left. She got recognized one time. But, like, there weren't a ton of people outside of her house. There was no one, like, trying to report, uh, like, trying to get an interview with her. It just seemed like she was very alone the whole time when this is this is the first time this has ever happened. A supercomputer is making a show about someone who actually exists, and yet nobody seems that interested in talking to her. That was that was uh, one of my cons as well. Just, like, 60 minutes or some type of big, <laughs> big newspaper like company. Like, she talks about not getting paid. You think that, like, absolutely. interviews would want to pay her. Would absolutely be trying to get an interview with with Joan, and yeah. it just didn't seem like that was really happening. And then also they explain how it's getting what it's getting. So, and they say that the way they're doing it is through data grabbing through like your phone and all technology. Well, wouldn't your first move then be to throw away your phone? Yeah. Or to throw away the technology in your house so it literally has to make up everything about you? Because that's what it would need to do, fill in the gaps. But she didn't end up going that route either. Um, they go through extreme lengths, multiple scenes where Joan and Selma Hayek are arguing with lawyers to try to figure out a way out of their contracts, the terms and conditions. Yep. And the problem with that is if you have a high-profile lawyer like Selma Hayek would have, or if it's a high-profile issue like Joan is in the middle of, you would get a bunch of lawyers snipping Absolutely. at that. There was no way that a lawyer would just be like, well, we can't do anything about it. There's no opportunity to pull this out. Like, no, it's but- just... It, it didn't come across realistic. And also the idea that they would just wipe their hands of it saying the terms and conditions cover everything. Terms and condition contracts are legally binding only if they don't go against state and federal laws. <laughs> and there's no way with what was going on in Joan's life, even in the defamation stuff she was talking about, that this didn't cross some territory into breaking federal or state laws. To to be fair, this is like a different world. So we don't know if, if things were different know, there. The problem I had with the terms and conditions was, it, and we mentioned it before, but the human centipede was South Park. Yes. It just seemed like Which at was 10 that years point, ago. it was a complete rip off and i was like that's when i was like this show isn't being as original as i think it's trying to come off as Mm -hmm. this has happened so much and even when they're going to break the big computer that has been done since the twilight zone back in the 1950s well the computer felt like lazy kind of writing yes let's make something responsible netflix is the villain who yeah like uh, you're making fun of your own bosses Mm -hmm. i get that that's funny you're also making fun of ai and data grabbing and like what companies are doing these days so i want to mention people who are anti-climate change or companies that are anti-climate change but pretend to be for it. Like, there was a lot of cool themes that they touched upon, but overall, there were so many big plot holes. <laughs> well, it was also very timely. It was just kind of a coincidence that Charlie Brooker, he had this idea about AI, but he wasn't really sure what to do with it. He had this idea about someone kind of being on the front page of a newspaper, and but them just being kind of like a person of the day type of thing, yes. where they're kind of just average. Yeah. And then he decided to uh, combine them both together. And also, he said that the, the main 
main reason for that was he watched The Dropout on Hulu or wherever it's available, and he was inspired by Elizabeth Holmes and sure. just kind of how that case felt like it was just yesterday when uh, when it came out as big news. Well, that, it was just yesterday. She just went to jail. Well, no, but he was saying that when he was watching it, it was like uh, he said that it felt a lot more recent than it actually was, and mm-hmm. that is what gave him the confidence to merge the two ideas and then come out with this uh, this episode. It just doesn't feel like fleshed out enough. My biggest con with this episode was that it plain didn't make sense. The villain needs a purpose to exist, right? Mm -hmm. Streamberry's purpose, apparently, was to give every subscriber, because Joan was just the start of it, right? They said that they were going to roll out by the end of the week a personal show for every single person that was called Blank is Awful, right? Yeah. For what reason? Would that increase their subscriber growth? Would releasing a million shows and dividing everybody's attention into being afraid that their show is going to be watched really help them? Would that not cause subscribers to massively quit all at the same time? Like, who would want to be on that platform? Also, who would want to watch everybody else's show? And so they were saying they were targeting targeting it to the people themselves. But once you've done something all day... Would you really want to go watch a show about yourself just doing terrible things for the full day, every single day? I I just don't understand how that would make them money. They did point out that when they first started this project, it was supposed to be like, blank is awesome. But when they went the positive route, people didn't really want to watch it. They decided to do is awful with all these different names because people are just inherently negative. But when it's negative about your life, people aren't going to want to watch it. I'm... I'm more hooked up on just the idea of making content about a specific person and expecting anybody to watch a show about themselves. Like positive, negative, it doesn't matter. It doesn't seem like a money-making opportunity. First of all, it's pretty clear that everybody in the show doesn't want a show about themselves. Everybody's freaked out. And nobody's canceling. I feel like there would just be huge ramifications for this and they just weren't showing up in the show and it wasn't playing out realistically. Like there's a difference between something that's implausible because we haven't gotten there yet with technology. This is not that. This is implausible because it just plain doesn't seem like humans, like human activity. Like this is not how humans act. Humans see something like this. They fear for their lives. That company is getting shut down soon and fast. It's not one of those things where the company would thrive because of it. Yeah. I, I, the symbolism just didn't connect by the end for me. And it felt like it was a mid-tier episode in the end. Because if you mix in the cool stuff, the funny stuff, um, it's definitely better than some of the worst episodes that I've seen in Black Mirror. But it's not one of the actual good ones that makes you think, wow, this would be a world that I wouldn't want to live in. This is more just a world that would never exist. So what would you give the show out Six of out of ten. A six out of ten. So it still does pass for you. Yeah, because I like the cameos. I'm, I'm going to push your 6 out of 10 kind of for the same reasons. The actual reviews for this episode have been positive. It has an 8 on IMDb with about 1,000 reviews. Season 6 as a whole has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And when you uh, like kind of see where this episode lines up with all of Season 6, it's in the middle. So oh. that's something that you kind of... Well, keep... I'm definitely going to watch the rest of season six, but so thanks for telling me that. <laughs> well, Gamerant said that Joan is Awful starts off as promising satire of TV, but it ends up getting way too meta to be truly meaningful. And I think that that is the biggest review that I, I, I kind of agree with it on. Uh-huh. It did give it a three and a half out of five stars. It felt like they praise. needed to wrap everything up really quickly. So they were like, let's make the villain just not only Streamberry, but just a specific computer that once you destroy it, everything is fine. The big computer, <laughs> the big computer like, thing just it annoyed me 
me to, to no nowadays end. Nowadays, computers are so spread out, like networks are so spread out. Even if you destroyed one thing, it would definitely still exist somewhere <laughs> else. So the idea that that would stop a plan. But I just don't understand the plan in general. How is this a money-making opportunity for them? Did you stick around? What was your least favorite scene again? The one where she shit? Yeah, probably the one where she did shit. Did you stick around till the end? I did. I, and I so honestly... you saw the ending clip of her shitting in real life? Because that's the end end. Oh, Had no, you I didn't. around until the after credits, you would have seen the, the real person doing the same thing. I thought that the show had ended because it came off with the next episode thing. I thought that the after credit scenes where she was just explaining, kind of, we see the uh, retread scenes. That's just a rookie of mistake. Of the actual Joan, like, talking to the therapist and things like that. And I actually, that was probably my second Where she said, part. I don't want my life to be a yeah. movie anymore or a TV show. It does scare me a little bit because I know Charlie Brooker writes all of these, right? Mm-hmm. And we just keep on expecting him to, like, flush out material it feels like though every season that you're going to get some clunkers and then maybe one amazing one so hopefully there is like one really amazing one in this series i think people need to start expecting though a lot lighter episodes of black mirror because charlie brooker even said after the pandemic he felt like people were owed uh like a breath of fresh air and it Boop. seems like that is saying that the, that these episodes are going to be a lot happier again than like i said playtest was my favorite one that didn't have a great uh happy ending uh, a the, lot of the, the early ones didn't the, yeah, yeah a lot of the early early ones were like um what are they called mythical tales or what are they called uh, cautionary tales cautionary tales sort of yeah and so I, I enjoy those more it is cool to see some guest stars appear especially when they're making fun of themselves michael Sarah getting punched in the face repeatedly <laughs> <laughs> it was cool to see him because i literally hadn't seen him in years like he hasn't been in much lately yeah and who would think that would be black and Mirror? he sort of looked the same like you said that they were making a um what was that guitar movie that he did a lot a few years ago uh scott pilgrim versus the world they're going to redo that one right? an but, animated series I yeah think. but yeah. like he could do probably the actual version of it and people wouldn't tell <laughs> his difference other people of age but not him as much all right well thanks for listening we'll see you on the next episode hope you enjoyed this one bye bye